0: we always get a lot of questions about the five-year look back and gifting and it's really confusing. So a lot of times, you know, Tammy and I are talking with clients or other people and you know, you can just see their head spinning. And I'm like, listen, we do this all day, every day. Like this is really complicated stuff. And everybody's situation looks so different. So there is a five-year look back when we're dealing with Medicaid benefits. It used to be three years and years and years ago. And I always get asked, well, isn't it going to be seven? We've heard no word of that. So (laughs) five-year look back is what it is. So what that means is anytime you or a loved one move into a skilled nursing home that accepts Medicaid in Pennsylvania, and you want to qualify for Medicaid benefits to pay for your care. The state of Pennsylvania is going to require you to disclose any gifts that you've made in the last five years. So a gift is anything that you gave away and did not receive fair market value. So Christmas gifts to your kids, so money you gave to them, if you gave away any real estate, vehicle, cash, anything that you gave away. A Medicaid gift is anything over $500 a month. And that's really important to know because there's other types of gifting rules, mostly dealing with taxes that a lot of people get confused. So a lot of times we hear, well, I thought I was able to give $15,000 away. Totally different thing. That deals with taxes. So Medicaid, anything over $500 a month, and it's not per person. It's total. So you can't give, you have three kids, you can't give them each $500 a month. That doesn't work. So just because you made gifts though, doesn't mean that you're not going to qualify for Medicaid benefits, but it could depending on your situation. So let me give you some examples. Let's say that I, uh, my mom moved into the nursing home in August of 2015 and she made gifts of her house and $100,000. She's moving into the nursing home now, September of 2020. She made it through the five year look back. The state of Pennsylvania can't even look at the gifts that she gave away five years and one month ago. That's like what Tammy mentioned early, perfect scenario. (laughs) So we've made those gifts, we've protected all of those. So let's say that the same situation, let's say we gave away a house valued at $100,000 last year. And now my mom needs nursing home care. So what happens? So we obviously made a gift and we need nursing home care within five years. So we total up any gifts that were given and you divide them by the average cost of care in Pennsylvania. Right now that's about $10,700. So based on that, that's about nine and a half months that the state of Pennsylvania will not pay for your nursing home care. So now we are faced with, well, what are our options? So situation may be that, well, we have enough money Otherwise to pay through that gift. So we can use some other assets to pay privately pay the nursing home for those nine months and completely keep the house protected. We've already gifted it. Um, We're not worried about that. So that's one situation. But what if we're in a situation that the house is our only asset, we gave it away. And now the state saying, well, we're, you know, the, or the nursing camp saying, well, who's going to pay us? You're here, you have to pay us. Medicaid's not paying, but you have no other assets. So then we really need to figure out a plan. One option could be we can undo the gift if that's possible. Not always possible, though. <laughs> um, if you out, you know, if your child says, well, I'm not giving that house back, you gave it to me. Um, and unfortunately, we've seen situations like that. Um, or you know we look at other options as well. So it's not always a great scenario if you've made gifts without putting a plan in place. Mm. So, what Tammy and I do is help you put a plan in place. We make gifts. A lot of what we do every single day is making gifts, but we have to do it in a specific manner that makes sense whether you need care right now this moment or if we're planning for down the road. So, mm. Our pre-planners are coming in. Most of the time we're thinking, well, you're probably not going to need care in the next five years, but gosh, we never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So we're not going to gift everything in hopes that you get through the five-year look back because again, we don't know what's going to happen. We also don't want to strap you financially because we want you to live your lives, but we have to make sure we have a very good plan in place for you. So when we talk about gifting and um, how do we actually do that at our office? So we don't really do outright gifting. So an outright gift is just giving real estate or assets to your children or your beneficiaries. There's a lot of risks involved with that. You give your house to your child and your child gets divorced. Well, that house now could be part of their divorce. What about if they have any debt or creditors? Now, the house could be part of their creditor. What if they become disabled and need to take some type of benefits? Or, God forbid, what if something happened to your child and they passed away? What happens to that house at that point in time? And again, Medicaid. What if you need Medicaid within five years of making that gift? So we actually use um, a different strategy when we're making gifts called irrevocable trust so if you've listened to any of our seminars you've heard those words before we talk a lot about irrevocable trust so um, some people come into our office they already have trust in place but when we look at them they might not necessarily work how you think they do so if you have a revocable trust it's not going to help you as far as nursing home or creditor protection it has to be irrevocable and it has to have very specific terms in there to work in Pennsylvania. So an irrevocable trust really is just a holding cell. Kind of looks like a, any legal document, your power of attorney, your will, and it talks about the terms of the trust. How does the trust work? What roles do people have in the trust? And how does it provide that creditor protection? So one thing that's really neat, a lot of times people think, well, when I have this trust, I have to close out all of my accounts I have. I really like my financial advisor. It's going to create all these problems. That's not necessarily true. Most of the time we can transfer your assets that we find appropriate to gift directly into the irrevocable trust. So for instance, real estate, it's a new deed. We deed the property that you have now into the irrevocable trust. Life insurance, investment accounts, things like that. It's an ownership change that the trust is the new owner. There's some things, though, that we don't necessarily protect or recommend gifting if you're not in a crisis right now. One of those would be qualified retirement accounts, so tax-deferred accounts, because by changing ownership, you would actually have to liquidate that account, and it would create a taxable event. So sometimes we're we're working with families that might be, um, have a lot of retirement money they wanna protect. There's not always a lot of options that we would want to um, move forward with if you don't need care right now, because we don't wanna create taxable events if we don't have to. But with that being said, if we're in a situation where you need care right now, we are gonna have to create some sort of taxable event most likely. But Tammy and I always work with your financial professionals and your accountants to see what makes the most sense for you at that point in time. So um, again, so $500 a month is the Medicaid gifting and when we are gifting we have to do it in a pattern structured way to make sure that you're protected whether you need care now or in the future. Um, Tammy what did I miss with the trust and the gifting?
1: Yeah, so the other thing I was thinking just to add on to that is, you know, when uh, the attorney and Kristen or myself are are meeting with somebody who's maybe needing care within five years, but we're not quite sure, we're also coming up with some legal solutions of the what-ifs. And so one of those would be, again, we can't help you protect the retirement accounts, but let's say you're the one in need of care and your spouse is keeping you at home but your spouse has a very large retirement account and you are the beneficiary well you know you he still wants you to receive that um, but he doesn't want it to go to the nursing home so a really great option would be to set up a irrevocable retirement trust and um, It's a very complicated type of trust, but I'll give you the the quick and easy. But that spouse can name that trust as the beneficiary. There's no five-year look back because they didn't make an ownership change. So Medicaid views that differently. And so let's say the healthy spouse dies first. So rather than the sick spouse receiving all of that money, it goes into a trust. No five-year look back, so we got the benefit of that. And then the second benefit is that uh, retirement account is now protected from the cost of the sick spouse's care. Mm -hmm. But the great thing about that is the sick spouse can still take the required minimum distributions, so there's no taxable event um, when it it transfers to the beneficiary, which is a huge benefit. but the principal does remain there. So they they take the required minimum distributions as as the IRS requires, but the money's still sitting there. Um, So let's say that that person now can move to a personal care home because, you know, their spouse isn't there to care for them anymore. They need to live somewhere. They can go there and the people in charge of the trust, which, you know, might be their children or another trusted individual, they can withdraw more than the required minimum distributions out to pay for care. But if that person now goes into skilled nursing, that money is 100% protected other than the required minimum distributions Mm -hmm. from long-term care. So those are some of the other um, pre-planning slash almost crisis planning things that, that, that we're always looking at here. Um, And that's something that, you know, if you have a financial advisor you're working with, we partner with them to, to make sure that, you know, everybody's on the same page about all of this to make sure we're protecting everybody.